Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation at Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is uh, Thursday, August 26, 2021. Come to you each morning at about 9 a.m. That may Next week that may uh, change a little bit, we'll see. I should be able to still make it at 9, because uh, I'm going to have uh, the similar thing with the children at 8 a.m., all right? So uh, change of schedule for me. Work, I'll have to work that out, but so it goes. Let's see, anything else to note? Nope, let's just begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse together. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10 verse 9. Our psalm for this week is Psalm 121. Say it with me. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our reading is from Jeremiah chapter 20. O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I, and have prevailed. I am in derision daily, everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted, violence and plunder. Because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. For I heard many mocking, Fear on every side! Report, they say, and we will report it. All my acquaintances watched for my stumbling, saying, Perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him, and we will take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them for I have pleaded my cause before you. 
Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father, saying, A male child has been born to you, making him very glad. And let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew and did not relent. Let him cry, or hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noon. Because he did not kill me from the womb, that my mother might have been my grave, and her womb always enlarged with me. Why did I come forth from the womb to cease labor and sorrow, that my days should be consumed with shame? All right, now this is connected directly with uh, the reading we heard yesterday. Sorry for the rapid scroll there. Yeah, from uh, back in chapter 18. Remember, um, yesterday we heard that uh, there were those who were seeking uh, to get Jeremiah, and I would argue all Christians, and especially uh, those who serve as pastors or prophets, uh, to speak in such a way that then they can be, um, they can use that as a cause of offense uh, to bring misery and harm upon him. So here the prophet is lamenting how he cannot uh, keep silent. He knows what it will mean for him if he speaks, um, but he can't hold it back because the word is in his heart, like we said from Romans 10, right? Um, From the heart come all (laughs) manner of evil, Jesus said just a few days ago. And uh, as Christians, there's something interesting about this. I think um, that the more you try to resist the work of the Holy Spirit, um, the more toxic um, your your conscience becomes, really your soul, um, because you are resisting the work of of the Lord. You're you're resisting his word, right? And so it brings bitterness and shame and despair and all manners of evil upon you um, because um, because you refuse to confess, right? Now, I'm not saying, you know, you walk around and tell everybody, I'm a Christian, how about you? Um, but you confess both with your words and then also with your actions and your, and your conduct of life, right? And he's saying he cannot um, be silent, um, so he will speak, of course, and then the Lord uh, will, will cause it to prosper and will bring, uh, will bring uh, the persecutors to stumble and not prevail, for example. Um, so don't worry, don't be afraid. Of course, then there's the lament again, but this is going to be um, hard for me. It's actually going to be difficult for me. Uh, we're going to deal quite a bit with this over the next few weeks on the Banned Books podcast, which we record on Friday mornings, um, normally anyway, and uh, uh, living by lies and what that does to um, to the person. If you try to hold to lies and then add lies upon lies to justify the first lie, um, how that leads to a really a toxic life, a life um, lived in evil. Okay, and then our reading uh, for catechesis is continuation from the Gospel according to St. Mark now, chapter 8. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their houses, their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. 
and they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled and took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. Immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmanutha. Excuse me, Dalmanutha. There we go. Okay, so some uh, catechesis, questions and answers here. What problem arose in those days? Right, we've seen this escalate over the last few chapters. Right now, there's a great multitude that follows after Jesus. Right, they'd been with them, and here they had no food, nothing to eat. Um, what are some other times, not in the New Testament? Of course, we had the feeding of the five thousand already. Uh, other times where there's feeding of a great multitude. Think Old Testament. All right, so there's two recorded occasions in the Old Testament. The first one is in Exodus 16. All right. Let's see if we can get there. And that is the uh, bread from heaven, right? They journeyed from um, Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation complained of the children of Israel, complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and um, when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Right? And then Moses, or the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and you shall go and gather it up. All right? So there you have um, the manna. Right? Uh, what's the other great feeding? Also in the... Uh, in the wilderness, that would be in uh, Numbers, recorded in Numbers 11. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. The Lord heard it. His anger was aroused. So fire came and consumed, burned among them and consumed some of the, on the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses. And when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. They called the name of the place Taborah because of the fire of the Lord that had burned among them. And now... The fixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving, so the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? For remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. And now our whole being is dried up, and there is nothing except all this manna before our eyes. Okay, so then you have the manna. Um, They gathered it. It's recorded here again. Um, Moses heard the people weeping, and the anger of the Lord was aroused, and they were displeased, but um, what do they do? They go up on, with the 70 elders onto the mountain, right? And then uh, Moses says, the people whom I am among are 600,000 men on foot, yet you have said I will give them meat, for that they may eat for a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them, or shall the fish of the sea be gathered together to them to provide enough for them? Um, And, of course, the Lord says, has my arm been shortened? You shall see what shall happen to you or not, right? And then you have the the Lord sending quail, the quail uh, from the sea, a day's journey, um, brought two cubits above the surface of the ground. It was all over the camp, right? And that happened. Uh, The meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed. The wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people again, yeah. 
So those are the two uh, big feeding miracles um, during the Exodus, one of the manna and then the one with the quail. All right. Um, but I, I wanted to read those for you because now you can see how this is a little bit different. What's different about uh, Mark's account here? Yeah, the people actually aren't complaining. Jesus has compassion on them, but do they complain? No. This time uh, they were without food and yet there was no complaint. Something curious there, right? Um, why did Jesus then look on them with compassion? Well, it's quite explicit here because they had nothing to eat and they had been with him for the three days, okay? Now, three days, that usually, I think, at least it causes us a moment to pause and think of Jesus rising again on the third day. Um, and that would then connect us to the resurrection, right? So what's the connection between resurrection and lack of food? Well, a lack of food is a mark of the curse of sin. Remember the curse um, declared upon Adam, right? That um, he would have to work hard by the sweat of his brow uh, for his food, and there would be thorns and thistles, right? But what does Jesus come to do by his death and resurrection? Yeah, destroy the curse um, by his death and resurrection. Jesus also tells us what would happen if he had sent them away hungry now these three days. Some of them would faint, that is, I think, die, um, because they had come from so far. Of course, what did, um, what did the disciples wonder here? I think this is really important as we've been reading through Mark. Notice what they say. How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? Now, I already hinted at this. Maybe you caught it. Uh, what had just happened in Mark 6? Uh, yes, that's right. The multitude saw them. They came to Jesus from all the cities. He had compassion for them, for they were like sheep with no shepherd. And then the disciples came and said to him, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send them away, this time to the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. Right? And then you have five loaves and two fish there. So he had just fed 5,000, you know, um, not that long ago. And then notice uh, this was in the, right away in the next reading, which is, is quite curious. So Jesus walking on water. Then he went up into the boat uh, to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. But then this statement, for they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts, uh, their heart was hardened. Right? And I think that's the key here, right? They had witnessed the feeding of the 5,000. And then at the walking on water, they still do not believe who he is and what he's come to do. They don't see him as the fulfillment of the, the, um, the scriptures, the prophetic word. Right? Um, this continues to be the case um, even as we get to, say, uh, the transfiguration, which will be coming up soon. Right? Even at the mountain of transfiguration, um, God the Father says to him, this is my beloved son. And then he gives them these words, listen to him. Right? So what's the problem here? It's not that they haven't seen great miracles, but what are they not doing? Listening. They're not listening. You're not paying attention, you might say, right? Because it's more than just hearing words, but it's actually comprehending, right? Um, so Jesus keeps giving them signs and words, and the words are meant to instill faith, uh, and yet their hearts were hardened, as it said back in chapter um, 6. All right, so 
How many loaves did they have? Five, verse five there, they have seven loaves, right? And what's the significance of seven? Some numerology going on here. Yeah, that's the number of the Sabbath and signifies the perfect rest of creation prior to sin. What did he command the multitude? Yeah, that they sit down on the ground. Of what do the, uh, these words remind us of when he says, he took the seven loaves, gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to the disciples? Yeah, these are uh, a foreshadowing, I would say, of the words of institution um, given at the supper, right? This isn't the Lord's Supper, but it certainly um, reminds us and points forward to what will come, right? And what else did they have? It says a few small fish, right? It doesn't say how many, just a few. What did Jesus do with them? All food is is uh, clean if it's under the blessing of the word of the Lord, right? So he blesses them and sets them before the people. And of course, the people ate and were filled. How many leftovers did they collect? Again, we have the same number, right? Seven large baskets of the leftover fragments. Um, and then seven and seven. And then we also have how many people eating? 4,000. Um, 4,000 is an interesting number. You probably think of the number four, which is uh, the number of the gospel. It's also the number of the world, right? Uh, that's why there's four gospels, because it goes to the four corners of the world. Um, but what about 1,000 then? The perfect fulfillment of all things. Uh, think of the way that St. John uh, the Revelator does that in, in the Apocalypse, in, in the Revelation, right? Um, a thousand. Uh, and you have 144,000, which is 12 by 12 by 1,000. It's the perfect, complete number of all the saints. Yeah. Not a literal number, but but uh, metaphorical there. Good. So this is uh, the gospel being fulfilled. Put it that way. Meditation then. As the feeding of the 5,000 signified the fulfillment of all the Old Testament promises of God, So now the feeding of the 4,000 signifies that the gospel is for the feeding of all the nations. Jesus has come with compassion to feed his flock with a a food greater than that offered by Moses. His food offers the perfect Sabbath, as indicated by the seven baskets of leftovers. This food is the food of the resurrection, that is, Christ's own flesh and blood that overcame death for us. As we gather each week at his altar, our Lord God gives us the purest gospel feast that we may eat and be filled. Good. All right, let's confess uh, our catechism for this week, the Lord's Prayer. Introduction. Our Father, who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him, as dear children ask their dear Father. We pray. Heavenly Father, in holy baptism, we became your dear children, and you became our dear Father. You have given us every gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and for Jesus' sake have made to us many great and precious promises. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness, for clothing us with the righteousness of Christ, and for making us joint heirs with your Son, of eternal life. Forgive us for doubting your tender love for us and for not trusting that we are your dear children in Jesus. Give us confidence in your word, boldness to call upon you in prayer for all our needs, 
and the joy of being your dearly loved and forgiven children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray on this Thursday for the church and her pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ and his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. This day we pray in Thanksgiving with Kay, who celebrates her birthday. We pray for the households of our church, Julie, Courtney, Don and Karen, Joe, Martin and Tara, and Jan and Donna. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Angie, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Ken, and Kathy. Our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. The missions and mercy work of the church, and also the mercy work of Safe Harbor. We intercede for the gift of an increase of patience among us. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the collect. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises, and finally attain your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, Lord of heaven and earth, the children of this world often refer to Afghanistan as the graveyard of empires. You know it as another corner of the world you made and redeemed in the blood of your Son. No place on this earth is beyond your care and concern. In all the recent chaos brought on by devastatingly poor decisions made by U.S. leadership, you alone can bring hope. Enable U.S. and allied forces to rescue and evacuate our people from the clutches of the terrorists, including all those Afghans who worked alongside U.S. forces and trusted that America would help them secure a better future for their people, especially their women and children. Comfort the families of those who lost loved ones serving in Afghanistan, fighting for our safety and a better society for all. Give them the certainty that their lives and sacrifices had meaning before your throne of grace. Protect and preserve your Christian people in Afghanistan who face the prospect of certain persecution and even death at the hands of their Taliban warlords. We are bold to pray even for what seems impossible to our eyes, the softening of Taliban hearts, so that they would repent of their false god and believe in the free gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week.
Christ freely gives, he gives to you and me, to be his church, his bride, his chosen saint, and free. Saints blessed with these rich gifts, our children who proclaim that they were won by Christ and so good to have you with us here today for our congregation of prayer. Again, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Um, Such devotion to God's Word is the concrete and real way that God makes uh, his love 
for you manifest in his life in your life, but also uh, the way that he guides and protects you, um, especially as there's many false words that are coming. Right, so he grounds you in your baptism. I tried to say this yesterday, but I think of another way to say it. He he grounds you in your baptism, um, feeds and nourishes the gift that he gives there by the word from heaven that is um, his holy word, which is how he describes it in John chapter six: bread from heaven. So the true manna that feeds the world is his word. All right, and then he joins his word, of course, um, to bread and wine to deliver his body and blood for forgiveness, life, and salvation, which is another form of bread, is it not? Yes. All right. Um, so, um, I encourage you to continue, um, whether it's with this online devotion or whether it's using the sheet that's in the bulletin each week and doing it on your own, um, or some other resource to be regular and continuous in prayer, um, um, worship around his word, um, and also um, hymn, the sacred hymnody and psalmody that we've received as our tradition. Um, and this will grind, ground you, not grind you, ground you um, in your baptism in Jesus each and every day. All right? So Lord be with you all, keep you safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow.